Americans today are filled with more stress, worry, and anxiety than ever before. Just because our days, weeks, and schedules are full, doesn't mean we are. In this series entitled March Madness, we encourage you to lean in as we discuss how to have a meaningful life filled with peace and purpose amidst all the madness. We begin a brand new series today called March Madness. And I'll tell you, we've been excited about this series uh, for a long time because what I want to talk about is, or the next few weeks, I want to talk about stress, I want to talk about anxiety, and I want to talk about worry. These are things that are very prevalent right now in our world. In fact, I will tell you this, statistics will say 77% of everyone listening to me right now now listen to this, 77% of everyone listening to me right now is dealing with some sort of stress and it is having a physical impact upon your body. 77% means this, you're not sleeping, you're not eating right, you're tired, your thoughts are crazy or whatever else, 77%. And I realize that right now there's a lot of people battling through this thing called stress, but I believe that God has an answer for us today. And what I really want you to do is I want you to lean in because I believe this is going to be a significant topic for many of us so that we can hear what God has to say about stress and how we are to deal with stress. So I'm going to talk about stress today. I'm going to talk about this topic. I thought the best thing I could do is start out with some memes about stress because some of these memes, they, they represent maybe what you're going through right now. First of all, you know, this one here about stress is everywhere, okay? They're going to put this on the screen, right? You know, stress, stress everywhere. Some of you feel this way right now. Or how about this one right here? It's all fine. Like everything is great, you know, right? This is kind of you right now. Your life is on fire, but oh, everything's great. Or how about this? This one I like. You know, you go, uh, when people ask how I handle this job, I'm dead on the inside. Yeah. Or this one. This is really relevant to a lot of you moms, especially, all right? When the kids fight all day and want to cuddle you at bedtime, right? I mean, that's you. Those of you that are in the education sector, this maybe would be relevant to you. Teachers counting down the days like, right? Till the semester is done. Or for some of you to rate your stress right now, this would be you. You're about 2007, Brittany. If I had to rate my stress, I'd say I'm pretty close to 2007, Brittany, right now. You know, that many of you, many of you, you, you could relate to this, right? And, and in fact, when I talk to people, um, this is what I get a lot. I get a lot of people looking at me in, in moments that, you know, it's kind of a private conversation with their pastor, and they'll look at me and they'll say, Honestly, Jer, I'm stressed out of my mind. Both genders, all different ages, young and old, whether they're a 14-year-old or an 84-year-old, different levels of stress, but I have people tell me they're stressed. In fact, how do we greet each other nowadays in America, right? Hey, how's it going? What do we say? I'm, I'm busy. I mean, that's kind of how we, we actually respond to greeting, right? You know, when, when we say, how's it going, that's not necessarily a question about how you're doing. It's more like a, hey, how are you, in a sense of I'm just saying hi, right? But how do we answer? We answer a lot of times with a sigh and a sense of like, man, things are busy right now. 
So what is Mayo Clinic, who's a very you know, world-renowned clinic up in Minnesota, and they have other, other facilities in other parts of the nation, but what do they say stress is? Mayo Clinic says this, stress primarily results from an interaction between the actual events in your life and how you perceive them. So stress is created because of the interaction of what's going on and how you are perceiving what's going on. In fact, this week, to prepare for this message, I spent about two hours talking to a doctor in Mayo Clinic, at Mayo Clinic, and this doctor serves in the Stress Management and Resiliency Training Program at Mayo. They are dealing specifically with people who are dealing with stress. And so I wanted to pick their brain. I wanted, to, I wanted to hear the science behind it. I wanted to hear what they're seeing. They've been studying stress for the last 10 years. And they have found some pretty astounding things. What they found out is that, you know what, yes, there are many different things that we need to be worried about right now in our society, like in our culture. In fact, for those of you watching the news right now, you know about the coronavirus and that, you know what, that it's kind of going around the world and some people are saying this is going to become pandemic and, and, you know, all that. And that is important. We need to be putting an eye on this and we need to be thinking about this. But can I tell you something that's been a pandemic for the last 10 years? that has actually started to deteriorate people's bodies as well as their mind and their emotions is this thing called stress. Stress has significantly impacted and increased our society, increased in our society over the last 10 years. But here's the good news. God has a solution for stress. God has a solution for it. Recently, I went to a uh, birthday party of a friend, and uh, she was crossing a significant milestone. We could say that. I'm not going to say how old she was, because that's taboo, obviously. So, you know, she was, you know, crossing this significant milestone. And so we were there, a bunch of our friends were there at her house and her husband's house, and we were celebrating. And I was talking to her husband, and, and, uh, and he had just gotten a brand new um, compound bow recently. And I go, oh, you got to show me this bow. So he goes, well, come on, it's downstairs. So we walked downstairs, and he showed me the bow, and we're talking as guys about hunting and things like that. And, and, uh, and we came back upstairs. Well, anyway, found out uh, a little bit later that the birthday girl, um, basically, you know, the husband's wife, she, she was just absolutely, like, like, devastated that I had walked down in their basement because their basement was so messy. And literally, she, she looked at her husband and she goes, I can't believe you took Pastor Jeremy down in our basement. What are you doing? You know? And uh, now I'll be honest with you. The, the basement was pretty clean. Like, I, I didn't think it was messy at all. I've been in some basements, let me tell you. You know what I mean? Like, I've been in other friends' basements, and I'm like, I need to call that show Hoarders. I mean, like, this is, like, bad, you know? This basement was pretty clean. But also, I thought this. I thought everyone gets a pass on their basement. I mean, right? You get a free pass on your basement because your basement is where you put all the extra stuff most of the time. And so if it's a little bit messy, eh, it's okay. Now, for those of you that are joining us in Florida, you're at our Cape location or Hardy, you know, if you grew up in Florida, you don't have basements. 
And the reason why you don't have basements is because if you dug one, it would fill up with water. That's the reason why. Well, up here in the north, we have basements, and it actually stems back to the settlers, like to literally the days of the settlers. As the settlers were coming across towards the west, they would settle in the Midwest or places in the north, and know what? They would dig cellars to be able to keep their food in them. So guess what? We don't really need basements here in, in the north, but we have them. And most of the time, it's just a place that we collect junk is really what it does, you know? You put stuff in the basement. It's an extra storage area. Well, do you know that in your mind, there is an upstairs, and there's also a basement in your brain? And some of you are like going, really? Yeah, actually, science has taught us this. Now, they don't call it an upstairs, and they don't call it a downstairs. But let me show you this graphic of our brain, this, this, this graphic here up on the screen real quickly. Show you this. You see, the upstairs up here in the front, that is where you think rational thoughts. This is where you focus on meaningful things. But in the downstairs, down where the little cringy face is, all right, that is where your emotions are. That is where you begin to focus on all of the things you have to do. You start feeling the stress. You start thinking about all of the work that still needs to get done. You start thinking about your finances. You start thinking about your health. And pretty soon, in the basement of your mind, that's where it gets messy really quick, like some of our basements in our houses. You see, the upstairs is where we think objectively. Downstairs is where we let our mind focus on all the stuff that's going wrong. And we start thinking about all the stuff that maybe isn't up to our expectation. See, in the downstairs is where we tend to put things and it gets really disorganized. You see, it is, it is easy to allow your thoughts to go into the basement of your mind. In fact, let me ask you this question. When things are tough in your life, do you default to the upstairs thinking, or do you default to downstairs thinking? Well, we default to downstairs thinking. We start getting worried. See, it's in the basement that we think about all the problems, all the struggles, and all the stuff that we have to do, and pretty soon we start feeling this thing called stress. We begin to worry. We begin to ruminate on what's happening in our lives, and that's when stress starts coming. It's kind of like these folders here that I have on this table. Many of you recognize these folders. These are like manila folders. You use them in offices and such like that. Do you know that in our lives that we have a lot of open folders? Like in other words, things that maybe, you know, still need to get done that we think about all the time. It's all of the things that we need to do. Like for example, I need to get home and I need to cook dinner. Uh, my son is not doing well in spelling. Um, you know what, I have an expense report due on Tuesday and I'm a long ways from having it completed. I have a medical bill due next week and I don't have money. My kids 
science project is not anywhere near complete and I got to figure out quantum physics all of a sudden. Online, I need to pay the credit card bill. The dog is out of food. My car is almost out of gas. I have a client flying in from California next Friday. I need to host them for dinner. I have a kid's lunch card that needs to be refilled. I haven't exercised for two weeks. My spouse is starting to get a cough. I don't want to get sick. And pretty soon, what happens? We have all of these folders that are open. Do you know that the average person has 150 open folders in their mind at any one time? 150. And you know what happens? Your life starts looking like this, and you're thinking about this, and you're thinking about this, and pretty soon your thoughts go into the basement and it looks like this, and guess what? You're stressed out of your mind. Can anybody relate to this? Am I preaching to the choir here? Does anybody understand, right? And what do you do? You start ruminating. Now, 150 is the average adult 150 open folders, to-dos, things to think about, things when you're driving, things when you're in the shower, things when you're in meetings that you're thinking about, 150, but you can have as many as 250 or 300. And these are the things that keep us awake, right? This is why we're not sleeping good. This is why we wake up in the middle of the night. It's like 1.30 in the morning, and we kind of like toss and turn, and we start thinking about all these things, and our thoughts are in the basement. Unfortunately, we have these things in our lives. And for me to look at you and go, okay, here's the solution. Just get rid of all these things. Okay, that's impossible. Have you ever been driving late at night, and uh, you're sleepy, and you've ever thought to yourself, how many people are also driving late at night and are also sleepy? That will cause you stress. But anyway, um, how many of you have been driving and you're kind of getting your eyelids are getting heavy and you start drifting a little bit and you hit what is called the rumble strip, right? Your tires hit these little grooves. And in 1999, somebody, a genius, by the way, invented this idea that when they lay asphalt or cement, that they should take and create these little, like, strips that when your tires hit them, it goes, burp, 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 right? Okay? It's a rumble strip. It's a rumble strip. Whoever that is, we owe a debt of gratitude to that person that invented that, right? I mean, come on, let's be honest. Do you know there's a rumble strip when your thoughts start traveling from the upstairs to the downstairs of your mind? You can tell when you start going into the basement. I'll tell you how. You ready? Have you ever been talking to someone and they're talking at the time and, and you're maybe at coffee or lunch or whatever and they're talking to you and your brain is somewhere else and all of a sudden they ask you a question and you didn't hear a word of what they were saying? That's a rumble strip. Because you know what you're doing at that time? In that conversation, you're thinking about this. You're not in the moment, right? How about this? Here's another rumble strip. How about if you continually walk into rooms and forget why you walked in there? Some of you freaked you out. You're like, is this the onset of dementia? I mean, right? I can't. I'm only 31 years old. Okay, no, it's not. 
It's that you've allowed your thoughts to ruminate and you are in the basement of your mind and you're thinking about this and this and this and you're walking into a room and you don't even remember why you were there. You're in moments, but you're preoccupied, which means you're there, but you're not there. Or maybe like I heard about this week, the 23-year-old gal who had her cell phone in a dark room and she, she is in this dark room and she goes down and she turns her light on her smartphone and is searching around the room looking for her smartphone. True story. She's like, what is wrong with me? Listen, you know what's wrong? Is that the thoughts have gone into the basement. The thoughts have gone into the basement and there's a fixation and a ruminating on all of this stuff. And guess what? Your brain starts getting stressed and you start to worry and you start getting all of a sudden symptoms from that worry and that stress. Like not sleeping, you're getting tired, not focusing, right? We've all been there. In fact, I will tell you this, if you do not choose, if you do not decide, you will always end up with basement thinking. It is the default of the way that we're designed. If we do not choose it, our thoughts will go from the upstairs to the downstairs 10 out of 10 times. You will always go into the emotions. You will always go into the rumination. You'll always go to worry. You will always go to stress. That is the default. And if you live in the basement and ruminate on your stress, it's going to take a toll on you emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. You know, we have chromosomes and uh, on the ends of the chromosomes are these things called telomeres. In fact, this is a picture of a telomere, all right? The telomere are the end caps, you could say, of our chromosome. It's the illuminated areas there, okay? Now, some of you are like going, wow, you're so smart, Jer. No, I was talking to smart people this week. You got to understand that. And what they told me is this, is these telomeres, what they are there for, is they're basically to protect the chromosomal stability and health. In other words, they are there like a shield to protect your chromosomes. So that every time your cells multiply, your telomeres actually diminish. The mass begins to decrease on your chromosomes, and then they're built back up again. So when they divide, like our cells divide, the telomeres kind of shrink down, and when they shrink down, that's when we become more vulnerable to sickness. We become more vulnerable, vulnerable to things like aging quicker. And then, you know what? They grow back up again, and that's what's healthy. But guess what stress does? Stress makes your telomeres not grow back as quickly or even at all. And you know what you begin to do? You begin to age quicker, and you begin to take on age-related symptoms earlier in life. That's what stress does. In fact, it's kind of like this right here. It's kind of like this. Who said work is stressful? I'm 35 and I feel great. <laughs> now, in all seriousness though, we have seen stress impact people's looks. Like you've seen this probably multiple times online. How about this about presidents, right? You ever seen a president go into office and then the president come out of office? They've aged a lot. Now our current president, I think, dyes his hair, so he's cheating, all right? But here's the deal. 
accelerated aging and the onset of age-related diseases is many times because of the stress that we're putting upon our body. In other words, stress takes a toll on your body, not just your mind and your spirit. But here's the hope. Some of you are like going, okay, you're painting a picture of what's going on in my life. Can you please get to the hope part? All right, well, here's the hope. God does not want you to be overly stressed and freaked out on the inside and not sleeping. He doesn't want that. And Jesus can bring peace to the storm. And as I was sitting there and listening to the lady talk at Mayo, there is a solution. There's a solution. So I asked, I go, okay, I'm curious. You've done 10 years of study on stress in America. What do you do if you are stressed? I mean, you're talking to CEOs. Like she was telling me, she's talking to billionaires that are coming in and saying, I'm stressed out of my mind. I need help. So I go, what do you say to them? Now, she knew I was a pastor because I had introduced myself and stuff. And she said, you know what? She said, well, science is only reinforcing what, Jeremy, you already believe. I said, really? I said, talk to me about that. So the remainder of time today, I want to talk to you about what science is saying, which, by the way, is just reinforcing what many of us already know, but maybe we don't practice. And this is the thing. If we want to reduce stress in our life, we got to get our thoughts out of the basement. We got to bring them upstairs. And you basically, according to Mayo, you have the option to, number one, control your perception, and number two, control your response to what is happening around you, which means this, you have a choice on how you deal with stress. Stress is not in charge. You're in charge. In fact, God has put you in charge because your mind, your will, your chooser is more powerful than the stress that you're experiencing right now. And you're like, really? Yes. And so you know what? Science and, it's funny, faith are actually in agreement on this. In our world, we're trying to separate science and faith. We're trying to say if you believe in science, you can't have faith. And if you have faith, you can't believe in science. Baloney. Today, for the remainder of our time, I'm telling you, this is where we line up because a lot of what science is discovering is what faith has been saying for millennia. All right, do you hear that? You hear a lot of people when you're stressed maybe talk to you and say this. Oh, you know, I know you're stressed, but just be positive. Okay. Now, I'm an Enneagram 8, and I'm a type A personality. I'm kind of like a CEO type of personality. When somebody says that to me, I'm like, burnt, wrong answer, you know? And here's the reason why. I want to know if I'm going to just be positive. First of all, how do you be positive in the midst of all of this, right? How do you really do that? Well, we need to bring our thoughts upstairs. You know what we got to do? We have to meditate, and I'm going to use that word, and I'll explain it in a moment. But we have to meditate on the fact that God is in control, that God is on your side, that God will help if you yield to him, and God will give you wisdom if you seek and listen to him. Meditate is actually a Christian word been hijacked by Eastern mysticism. You see, you gotta understand that meditation 
Some people are like, oh, meditation, that's that weird, funky stuff from the Far East. No, 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 listen. Meditation is actually a God idea. In fact, it says this in Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who, what's that word? meditates on his law when day and night let me repeat that who meditates on his law whose law god's law god's word day and night that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers you see we are to meditate on the right things, not ruminate on the wrong things. Do you understand that? We are to meditate on the right things. We need to bring our thoughts out of the basement. If your thoughts live in the basement, when you stress, you meditate on the problem. But if you meditate and you meditate on the right things, what are you doing? You are focusing on the promise, not the problem. To meditate means that you have to disconnect, though. You can't meditate in an environment of chaos or distractions. I think it's really hard to meditate with a screen in front of you. I think it's really hard to meditate in a crowd. I think you have to meditate by disconnecting. It says in Luke chapter 5, 16, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. You know what was in the wilderness? Nothing. And so what did he do? He would withdraw often. Sometimes, no, a lot. He would actually disconnect a lot so that he could meditate on the word of God. He could pray. He could refuel. He'd disconnect from a lot of this. Now, I know that's hard to do, but listen, I guarantee you, you can find a sliver of time every single day that you can disconnect and you can begin to choose to focus on the right things on the promises that God has for you. As we close, we can control our response to stress. This is when my conversation with the, the doctor from Mayo got pretty exciting, to be honest with you. She said this. She said, to focus your mind and actions on meaningful things. When she's talking to CEOs, she's talking to billionaires, she's talking to average Joes like you and I, she's talking to all of us, they're saying from 10 years of study that the antidote to stress is to get your thoughts out of the basement and bring them upstairs and to focus and to do, quote, meaningful things. I asked, okay, what does meaningful things mean? Tease that out a little bit. Color it in for me. She said, well, this is what we're telling them to do. We're telling people on Monday, focus on gratitude. On Tuesday, focus on compassion. On Wednesday, focus on acceptance of others and yourself. Thursday, focus on a higher meaning. Friday, focus on forgiveness. Saturday, Focus on celebration and the good things that are happening in your life. And Sunday, focus on reflection and prayer. I said, 
stop a minute. These things sound oddly familiar to me. Like the stuff that we as Christ followers talk about all the time. Like that we're to live at a higher level, that we are to have compassion for other people, that we are to forgive others, that we are to praise God for the good life that we have, that all of these things that science now is saying that we should be doing, it's what we've been talking about since Jesus walked the face of the earth 2,000 years ago. Oddly familiar. Maybe this is how we put it, Philippians 4.8. So keep your thoughts continually fixed. Hear that word, fixed, upstairs. Fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. Fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. I'm like, science is just plagiarizing Jesus and not giving him the credit right now. Listen, if you want to deal with stress, you got to fix your thoughts. And not just fix your thoughts, but also, and this is so important, it was so helpful when Mayo had said this. He said, and also it's not just fixing your thoughts, but doing meaningful things. I'm like, so it's not just thinking, it's actions. It's not just faith, but it's works. Anybody heard that verse before? It's both. It's not just thinking. It's not just your mind, but it's also in what you do to do meaningful things. So in other words, to do something for someone else, to be a blessing. You've been blessed to be a blessing to someone else, to be generous, to show love, to give. I'm like, oh my goodness. This is the stuff we talk about all the time. So when you do something meaningful, the science says that all of a sudden there is a replenishment over time and a healing of your body and you begin to recover from the symptoms of stress. And so here's a thought. When you are most stressed, deliberately bless. You want to get rid of stress? Deliberately bless. You got to disconnect. You got to meditate on the promises of God. You got to understand that God's got you. That you know what? Jesus even said, Why do you worry about tomorrow? I'm paraphrasing, but if God takes care of the sparrow, takes care of the bird, he's going to take care of you. And so meditate on the promises of God personalize the promises of God and simultaneously choose to do meaningful things. To maybe this week say, you know what, I'm going to bless somebody. I'm going to do a random act of kindness. I'm going to do whatever I can to be a blessing to somebody in the midst of my stress. And when you do that, all of a sudden, you will begin to prosper in your mind and your body and in your spiritual self. In fact, it says in Proverbs eleven twenty five, the generous person will prosper. That's not just finances. The generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be what? Say it again. One, two, three. Refreshed. You want to be refreshed? 
You want to see stress begin to not control your life? You choose to get your thoughts out of the basement. Start focusing on meaningful things. Focusing on the word of God. Focusing on the promises of God. And then do actions that are meaningful. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're the church. We should be experts at this stuff. Do you understand that? This is our language. This is who we are. This is everything Jesus talked about. I mean, he modeled it and he commanded it. I mean, if anybody, I'm telling you, in our society, the society and the culture should be looking at us in the church and going, they're winning in this war of stress. They're winning. Doesn't mean that they never have stress, but they're winning. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you what, let's get out of the basement. Let's get out of the basement and let's do meaningful work as well as focus our minds on meaningful things and the promises of the Word of God. As we close, I realize some of you might be here for the first time or maybe you're watching online for the first time or one of our locations. Maybe you're visiting God Behind Bars, our Dixon or Hardy locations for the first time. And you're like, okay, you're talking a lot about focusing on God and faith and Maybe you're like, I don't have that. Well, let me do this. Before we dismiss and, and before anybody starts scattering, I want to give an opportunity to anybody who says, I want to start literally at the very beginning of the starting line, and I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I want to give him all my stress. I want to give him all my wrong choices. I want to give him my past, my present, my future. I want to make him the leader and the forgiver of my life. And you know what? There's, there's a way that you could do that today. It's not joining a church. This isn't about a denomination or what church you grew up in, but rather it's about saying, I want to accept God's unconditional love for me, and I want to ask for forgiveness for what the Bible calls sin, all my wrong choices. And if you do that, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, you confess through the mouth, you're going to, mouth where you're going to be saved. And so what we're going to do is just say a quick prayer. So everybody bow your heads, close your eyes, and you say, okay, I want to pray this prayer, and I want to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and if it's okay, at this location, I'll look. But if you say, that's me, just raise your hand that you want to pray this prayer. You want to accept Jesus. Yeah, hands are up all over. I guarantee you at every location. So let's go ahead and put our hands down. And everybody, if you raised your hand or you didn't, everybody repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I need your help. I need your forgiveness. I believe... You died for me. I want to live for you. Forgive me for all my sin. I accept your unconditional love. Be the leader of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, there are a lot of people that raise their hands, I guarantee you at every location, who prayed that prayer. And if you did, make sure you tell somebody about it. In fact, there's a little form in the seat back in front of you that, you know what, if you take that little communication card, that connection card, just go ahead and take that and check that box. And on the way out the door, we want to give you a free gift. We want to give you a booklet that tells you what to do next. It's absolutely free. You just Get it on the way out the door, okay? Listen, let's give everyone who prayed that prayer a huge round of applause. Come on, let's do that at all locations.